So Kyle, welcome to uh, The Journey. And uh, The Journey is uh, a show that is basically just, uh, I invite just ordinary individuals to come onto the show to talk about maybe their story of how they may have had some hardships in their life. And then what did they learn from those hardships? If they've had some setbacks, how did they fail forward? And then most importantly, what things did they learn about themselves as they move forward in their life? So um, I know we talked the other day on the phone and it sounds like even though you're a young person, it sounds like you've had a, a couple things that have gone on in, in, in your life. And, and so yes. uh, maybe you can just share just a, a couple things about yourself to get started. Uh, and then and like, maybe we'll just start off with what do you do for fun? And, but before you do that, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Kenneth. It is, uh, people either say Kuniff or Kuniff. They kind of get that mixed up, but it's, sure. it's Kniff. Kniff. Okay. So Kyle Kniff. And uh, you, you just graduated from Win- uh, Pecatonica High School. Yes. In, yes. Here in Illinois. And uh, so, so what do you do for fun, Kyle? Um, you know, your typical teenager stuff. Uh, most of the time it's video games, but it's usually I like to be in the gym a lot. You know, it's my quiet place, the stuff where I can get away from everything. I can lift. It's just me. And it's, it's a very, very peaceful place for me. Nice. Okay. When did you, when did you start lifting weights? Well, my freshman year, when I got into high school, I had to start doing it for football. And before that, I never really thought about doing it. Yeah. Didn't seem interesting. But once I started doing it, looking, even as a freshman, how strong I could be, it just gave me, it was kind of like an adrenaline rush, like just lifting and being able to do all that heavy weight. And yeah. ever since then, I, I love lifting. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and now with everything going on with, uh, I know things are starting to open up now with, uh, with practices and, and things like that, but where have you been able to lift at? Uh, in my town of Pectonica, we have a little gym. It's called Summit Fitness. It just opened up about two or three weeks ago and I've been able to get back in there, start lifting for my football before football. I got my workout schedule. I can do that. And cause I was never a big at home lifter and I'm not really, a fan of doing all that body weight stuff. So once the gym was open up and I could go back to the barbell, go back to having the dumbbells, that was a really big, you know, pep in my step having that. It was nice to be able to go back. Sure. Yeah. I, I know for me, it's, I started lifting weights when I was 11. And so 40 years ago, I started lifting and, uh, and it originally started off with the same reason. Started wanted to get stronger for football. I wanted to not, I wanted to be able to play. I didn't want to be left on the bench type of thing. And, and, um, and maybe similar to yourself, once I started seeing gains, then I was more encouraged. And then the stronger that I got, the more that I lifted, the more gains that I made, the more that I lifted. So the more, gains that I made, you know, so it's, oh, yeah. so I think that's the, that's the thing that uh, with, with people that have had some start off, you know, at a, at a early age, you know, meaning early high school, and they start seeing those gains, um, it can definitely become part of a lifestyle. You just get hooked on it. And it's, you just can't stop doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and I took a, took a quick glance at your, your Facebook page and you, you have some personal records on there. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what would I, and I didn't memorize it, but your, what's your personal, what's your bench record? Uh, 315 so far. Okay. So 315, that, that's a decent amount of weight. Right. And what, and what, and then you have your squat in there. I got 475 for that. Okay. And then what was your deadlift? Uh, 475 too. 475. Okay. So that's, that's now, did you have any other, I, I don't remember if you had any other, uh, I think I had power clean on there and I got 250 for that. 250. Okay. So, uh, and, and you, uh, so you're, a um, you're a wide receiver, right? Oh, <laughs> so what position do you play? I play defensive and offensive lineman. Okay, you're a big dude. So I, I, I was yeah. uh, not that not that wide receivers aren't big guys, but you're you're a, you're a big guy. So uh, so you play uh, what what position on the line? Defensive. Uh, line. For defensive, it's either nose guard, or defensive tackle, and okay. for offense, it's offensive tackle. Offensive tackle, gotcha. Okay, and have you always played those those positions, offense and defense? Oh yeah, uh, I started playing football in seventh grade and. I was always the biggest guy on the field, so okay. lineman has always been the position I was, you know, forced to play. I couldn't play any other position, so and I okay. just, ever since high school, I just started liking lineman, and it's just a great position. 
Sure, sure. Well, and and again, you, you know, looking at that, you know, that power clean. That's a that's some big guys may not have the quickness to to be pushing that much weight. So so that tells me a little bit of your quickness uh, that you have uh, re- regarding being able to get that much weight up and getting underneath that. So uh, so I really so, count that to my flexibility. That really helps me in that in that aspect. Okay. So, so who, who kind of turned, turned you on to um, working on flexibility? Because that isn't usually, you know, the stereotypical big guy isn't usually focused on flexibility. It's just about getting bigger and getting stronger. Who, who kind of. Uh, well, really it's, I just found out myself that I was flexible. Just I, cause I wanted to be a kicker. So I wanted to be a kicker and punter, which, you know, for my size, it's something that, not many people see. So, you know, you had to be able to get your leg high. So I started practicing doing that and I realized how high I could kick. I'm like, wow, I'm really flexible. And it just turned into me, you know, doing that. I found out I could do the splits, which is a big thing. It's a big thing for a big guy being able to do that. Absolutely. And I just been starting to work on that, you know, stretching all the time. So I don't lose that because a lot of people stop, don't stretch. They don't work on that. So then they lose the flexibility and then I don't want to that's one thing I have and one thing I would like to keep is my flexibility, if anything. Absolutely. And as far as, uh, as far as speed wise, what have you, have you, do you, do you, have you been tested at the 40? How, how's your, your 40 speed? No, I don't think I've ever done that before, but I, I'm being a big guy. Speed is not my, okay. it's not my strongest point of anything. Okay. So more, more, uh, really with that flexibility, being able to focus on that quickness and just that, those first, that first, couple yards. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, your, your family structure, who, who do you, who lives in your family household right now? So to give us a little bit of a, a, a summer, you know, kind of a, an overall summary of that. Well, right now it's my, I most of the time live with my dad and Peck because my parents are divorced. They got divorced in 2016, I mean, uh, 2017, they got divorced. So I live with my dad but in the divorce, I never really did like, uh, okay, he goes here this time. Um, he can stay with you at this point. It was more of a whatever I choose, just something I liked about that. Is it never had a, they never forced a set time of who I can see. I can choose who I want to see. So okay. I try to spend, try to spend as, much, as much of a time with both of them with this equally and not, you know, one person the most or not spend much time with the other person. So it's, it's split of who I'd like to go see at the moment. Gotcha. And do you have siblings? Uh, yes, I have one brother. One brother, older, younger. Older, he is twenty-three. Twenty-three, and you're and Kyle, you're uh, nineteen right now. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, and so you graduated from Pecatonica, going to be going to school at Rockford University. Um, going to be playing, going to be playing football there, and um, and it sounds like uh, you know as you were telling me that things things right now uh, as you're going into college things are have definitely um, been moving in a positive direction and and looking up, but that hasn't always been the story. No, that <laughs> okay. is not. So so why don't you kind of fill us in on as you think back to I don't know grade school, middle school, that time period, what, what was, what was life with Kyle? What was it like back then? Well, I'd say I had for, with most people look at it, I had a good childhood mm-hmm. up until about eighth grade. I, I, my parents were together. We, we'd go on trips. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents who were a big influence in my life. And up until about eighth grade is when everything, you know, I, get the more of the bullying start to happen and all that being the bigger guy um people always like to pick on you and in situations you're always the first one that adults see so if like something happened I'd be the first one caught on even if it wasn't me mm-hmm. and it kind of it wasn't nice being the one person if something happened they'd look at you if even if it wasn't your fault being the bigger guy I was the one who was always their first saw all he did he's a bigger guy it wasn't the other people and that it was one of the parts that i that didn't help at all so in in some ways was there like an expectation that you because you were physically bigger than some of your peers right was there an expectation that you were supposed to act older be older be more responsible like that type of stuff oh oh yeah um, in church, I was always the one who did all the caring, 
the other stuff. If if people who never met me before, I'd always be they'd always think I'm three or four years older than I'm actually is. So I kind of had to act older than what I actually was because that's what people thought I was. Okay. So I always had to act older than who I how old I actually was. Okay. All right. And and what do you think? You know, thinking back on it now, now that you're older, looking back on that, what 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 do you think was the reason that you noticed or the the bullying aspect got more intense or more frequent or what or whatever in in eighth grade? Why do you think that was? Why do you think it was more intense then? Well, that's when I um, first started playing football and being the bigger people started noticing how I was a bigger person. So they found another reason that all oh, we can make fun of him because he's a he's a bigger person. And I was never the best at football when I was little. Okay. So that was, an, that was another aspect they can use to bully me. And that's when I started to realize how big I am compared to other people. And it started to put into realization, all people are going to start making fun of me because I'm bigger than everyone. I'm not what you should, how big you're supposed to be for an eighth grader. You're not the norm. You don't, you're not a normal person because of how big you are. Mm. And, and were you, was this the same group of kids that you're with? through grade school, middle school? Oh yeah. Being in a small town, it's just, it's yeah. usually the same people going all the yeah. way through. Yeah. And uh, well, well, what, what made you decide to go out for football in eighth grade? What, you know, cause why, cause you was football, football started before that, right? Oh yeah. But I never really seemed into it. Okay. So, well, I actually started playing football seventh grade. That's uh, one of the coaches saw me be a big guy that, like, Hey, should go out for football. And like, never really played it. Uh, I didn't think I'd be good at it, but I'm like, I, I do nothing outside. I'm like, I got to get out at some point. So okay. I decided to go out, go off football, and I enjoyed it. I wasn't the best, but it was it was nice to be able to be out there and be a use for a team. Okay. And, 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 I, and again, this isn't about, you know, uh, throwing anybody on the bus or anything like that, but, you know, there's, there may be somebody listening as they're listening to this who, who may not necessarily – you know, understand, right, what that's like uh, to be someone who's been bullied because you don't normally think of someone who's, you know, the biggest guy on the team as being the person who's the victim of the being bullied, right? It's usually you think of the little guy or the one who's real mouthy or, or something like that. Um, yeah. But I, I coached for a lot of years after I, I stopped playing football, and I remember thinking back on it, even as a coach, I remember just assuming if the guy was big, right, you just assumed that he'd been playing football for a long time. And you just assumed he knew what to do. And, you know, as far as if we're doing a blocking drill, you just assumed he knew what to do. You just assumed he knew how to get into a stance and come out of a stance. And, um, and I found out that that was not the case at all you know, that, that we, we had to go through and break down the mechanics because, and sometimes because there was such a growth spurt that they were still trying to grow under their body and their brain and their body weren't necessarily, you know, syncing up yeah. together. And there was this awkwardness. I don't, I don't know that, if you can identify with that at all back then when you were in middle school. Oh yeah. I, because in seventh grade, my stance was horrible. I would always tackle high because everyone's so literally me. And I, I never played before, and I never learned, the, the you know, the mechanics of tackling, how to get into your stance. I never learned that. And everyone assumed I knew how to play because I was so big, like you said. They, he must have played before. And it really hurt my morale of playing football because everyone expected such a high standard, but I couldn't play at that standard because I never really knew how to play football. And it really – took a hit in my love for football at that time. Sure, sure. And even though there was something that still attracted you to the sport, not being able to meet that expectation, I'm assuming that that also played possibly into the kind of putting the target on you to to have the other kids, you know, yeah. make fun or, or, or bully, yeah. And they'll – and always being the one that was pointed out of, of, of someone who'd caused trouble, even though I never really caused it, it kind of made me act as like the word gentle giant. I always acted like that because I never wanted to be the one who was called out on stuff. So being acting like that growing up to make sure you're not the one who's called out on stuff, going from that kind of attitude to being a gentle person because you're bigger than everyone, get, switching that attitude to having to, you know, 
you know, hit the other person on the other side of the line. It was hard to trans transition from being that gentle person to having to, you know, lose all emotion and try to hit the other person on the other side of the line. It is an interesting, there is an interesting aspect of that. We're asking you to be a good person and a nice person and a gentle person, and a kind person when you step off the field. But now uh, we want to want you to turn on and we want you to be aggressive. And yeah. Uh, and and that's uh, that's hard to do, even with older people. Let alone uh, you know someone who's just trying to figure out you know how their body's working in these weird positions and stuff like that. Yeah. So 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 kind of fast forward a little bit. Then then some things start building up, right? And and what so kind of tell us a little bit more as 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 some of those expectations weren't being met. Um, uh, I know you had told me the other day that, you know, when it came to academics, the effort, you weren't putting a ton of effort into it. I mean, you weren't a kid that got in trouble a lot, but you were, you were, you weren't necessarily putting a hundred percent of effort in. No, I definitely didn't. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, the combination of all those things, and it, and it sounds like there's beginning of some family stuff happening too. Yes. That's when around eighth grade, ninth grade, my parents said, they sat, sat me and my brother down. They said, we are, getting a divorce and that kind of was a big hit to like everything to me. I, I started getting really sad and I saw no point in everything. And, and what, looking back on that, why did you think that you were so caught off guard or surprised? It sounds like you were surprised that mom and dad were going to, uh, that they were separating. Well, thinking back on it now, I don't know how I didn't see it because starting about my sixth or seventh grade, my parents never slept in the same room. Mm. My my mom would sleep upstairs. My dad would sleep downstairs. At that age, I don't know how I didn't notice that because right now I notice, oh, there were telltale signs, you know, that they're probably not happy in the relationship. They probably aren't really, you know, giving each other enough effort. But at that time, uh, they were always they always acted. They always held hands in public. They always showed affection. So hearing them say that it, it, at that time, it really caught me by surprise. Sure. And they, it sounds like they weren't doing the, uh, the classic fighting all the time and no. screaming, you know, screaming at each other and stuff like that. So, so if you're not really looking for it or paying attention, you won't. Yeah. Wouldn't know. Right? see it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so in the midst of that, you said that sadness and then, and then you had some of the stuff going on at school and church and, you know, uh, being, you know, kind of being picked on or bullied or made fun of or stuff like that. And then you said that sadness led to a, an aspect of um, uh, what's the point. Yeah. And yeah, tell us a little bit more about from what you remember about that time period about yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, about that time period of, well, you know, what's, what's the point? What's, this isn't going to, this is going to be like this forever. And yes, uh, that's definitely how I thought. One of the, one of the probably biggest things that kind of set me over the edge is that around that time is when my brother got diagnosed with um, a brain disease at this time. We don't, we don't know if it's curable and kind of realizing that I might never see my brother again, finding out he has a brain disease, finding out, there might not be a cure for it or it's going to be a long time that on top of everything. And just the thought of losing him, it really pushed me to really thinking, what's the point if I'm going to lose someone I really care about, why keep on going? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even though you care about football, you care about certain things, you find out, I think the words that you use are kind of like, well, I wasn't the best at it. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and, and, um, and, but you still continued and persisted with it. Um, some of the getting picked on was going on. Mom and dad are separating. And then your brother's diagnosed with diagnosed with cancer. Yes. So a brain disease. So, so this, so this pile is getting this weight on you and this darkness is getting darker and heavier at this yes. point. And, and and then at some point you it sounds like you must have reached out and told somebody that it was getting darker and so how'd that all unfold? Well, it was the second semester of my freshman year, and I had this big English paper that I was struggling with, and I didn't really 
it was due in a couple of days. I haven't really done anything to it. And all that stress was just boiling up. So we have, we have a counselor at our school. And I went to her and she asked me if everything's okay. I'm like, I have this project. I haven't really been focusing. She's like, well, you know, you had so much time, you know, what's going on? Is everything okay at home? And then after that, I kind of just exploded with everything. Never, at that point, I never really had anybody to talk about all that stuff. And I just told her everything. I told her I find no point in life. What's the point? I don't have anything. And that's when she decided, okay, you, you, you definitely need some help. And she called my parents, she called my mom and told her we're going to have to, you know, send your son to a, to a hospital to get checked out. And that's where everything started to go into where I started going to the hospital. Gotcha. Okay. And at, at that time, had you actively, actively thought about suicide or, or was it more, had you actually thought about suicide, like hurting yourself? Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yes, I had thought about the idea. I never, never thought I'd do the intention, but it was definitely yeah. something that I would think about at night when I'm alone or I'm in my bed. It was something that was in my head. Okay, okay. So, so one of the things that we call, call that is that there's this continuum, right, that, that I came up with that talks about, you know, sometimes we can feel depressed and then sometimes that depression will lead to a feeling of hopelessness. And then sometimes that hopelessness can lead to that feeling, like you said, of maybe better off I wasn't here. So it's like a death ideation. And then if that sticks around for too long, we might start having thoughts about how I could take my own life, which is that suicidal ideation. Some people don't go any farther than that, which means their intent doesn't increase if they get help right away. But without getting help, that intent increases. They start thinking about a plan. And, and then they start yeah. thinking it means the plan, right? And so it, it because of that paper that was due that you couldn't concentrate, struggling with, got behind on, and then intervening with that counselor, they kind of caught it, had you talk about it, and you, and you had enough courage and, and to be able to at least share of where you were at. Okay. Yeah, I think if I never had that talking to the counselor that day, I feel if I would have just kept quiet, you know, taking the bad grade on the test. I feel if I never had that talk with a counselor, I never would have been open with it. And I, it's scary to think that what could have happened if I just kept it all inside and didn't openly talk about it. It, it, it scares me what, what could have happened. Sure. Sure. And how, how, how dark or how deep that hole could have gotten. Sure. Yeah. So, so then you went to the hospital and so t tell us a little bit of what was that experience in the hospital? Um, the place I went to was a place, um, I think, outside of Milwaukee, and it was a nice place. What was good is that when I, when I first got there, I got there, I think, mid-April, about two or three weeks after my birthday, and when I got there, the people were very kind. They said, we're, we're just here to help you, nothing, you know, this is a safe place, we're here to help you. And hearing that was very comforting. It's a hospital. It's a mental hospital. It's not the place you'd think to be a comforting place at that time. Mm -hmm. And what, by any chance, was it Rogers Memorial? Does that sound familiar? I, that sounds – if I saw the building, I would, I would definitely know it. But okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, the only reason why I say that is one of the hospitals that we we refer a lot to um, up in the Milwaukee area. So and they work with adolescents. So that's why I was wondering. But so so one of the things that you remember about that experience was that that people were kind. They were listening to you. Um, it was a safe place. Right. What what other things from that experience do you think you took took away from that that kind of brought you in, you know, started changing some things in your life. Anything else you can remember that you might have learned there about yourself or you just learned tools there? I think seeing the other people and because what I, what I saw there is some stuff that if I never went there, I never thought would happen. Uh, you see kids because they would do anything to, to cancel any reason of cutting yourself. A lot of, a lot of kids had cutting problems but I saw these kids who we had these wristbands because when we were there, you had these wristbands. They'd even use that and seeing people whose parents would never visit 
kids who are in and out of there every month. I saw, I met this one girl and she said she's been there for a couple months. You know, she says she's in and out of there. I met this one kid who said he actually, during a school day, had gas and set a kid on fire during school and seeing these people and realizing how low, like I could get and I could get to that point, it kind of got in my head. My mom was always there. She was willing to risk her job, willing to stay in Milwaukee. She would stay, she stayed at the Ronald McDonald house. It was close by. She, she was willing to lose her job just to be there every day, just to see me. Um, knowing that I actually had people there was definitely something that says, well, why should I put them through this when I know I can get better? Mm-hmm. So I, I went to every um, session there. I made sure I would, because a lot of kids, they would find excuses. Oh, I just want to sleep. I, I don't want to do this. I would make sure I went to every, every session, every coping skill lesson, anything that could help me, that could get me out of there quick enough, um, I did so I could show my mom that I'm willing to get better, that I can be a better person. Gotcha. Okay. And and then, so then you're there, I, how long were you there? A week. A week. Okay. And then upon upon discharge, uh, you, you get discharged. What what do you remember? I know this was a while ago. So what, what do you remember upon discharge? Did you, what was the, what was the game plan after being in the hospital? I mean, you got, you know, from a standpoint of school, it sounds like it's end of the end of your freshman year school-wise. Um, you got football to get ready for for your sophomore year, um, what, but but obviously they had some suggestions for you to do, um, to 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 other things to do as far as outpatient counseling or or things like that. What what things did you do afterwards? Well, because of my grades so bad, I wasn't able to do football my sophomore year because I had a zero point nine GPA as of my second semester freshman year. So I realized that's out the table. That's not going to happen next year and that's um about two weeks later is when I first got you know recommended to do counseling it's when I met Matt and realizing I was going to have a counselor it was nice knowing I was going to have someone I could talk to on a regular basis Mm -hmm. having that was very helpful I now realize I didn't really realize that at the time but having a counselor was definitely a big thing after getting out. So, so you started uh, counseling with Matt at, at KP and, um, and, and what, what did you, as you're wrapping, so you had an under a 1.0 GPA, you know, at the, at that point in, in second semester, your freshman year. And um, there's probably only a little bit of school left, right? At, at that point, I yeah. think it was like a month left or something like that. Yeah, probably not, probably not even. Okay. And um, and so what things, if you could, again, remember that, that particular summer, you know, because obviously school's done, did you do summer school or did you just go right into, uh, just go into the summer months? I just went right in. I didn't do any summer school. Okay. Um, I think my parents didn't think at that time it was probably right to do that. So yeah. I just went right into summer I had to start my sophomore year. I was going to see Matt, I think, on a weekly basis. I was going to see him. So pretty much my whole summer was just going to see Matt, talking about everything, getting accustomed to having a counselor, um, you know, trying to grow that bond with him so I could be more open and everything. Okay, okay. And and when you went back to school um, your sophomore year, what was, what, what was different about your sophomore year than your freshman year? But for, um, for, for Kyle? I think it was, um, that's when I started to realize I had the people with me. So I, I did step up my academics a little bit. Um, I don't think I ever got each either semester above a 2.0, but going from a 0.9 to at least, you know, not getting all Fs, um, I kind of realized how academics were a big, big importance after freshman year. And definitely having people realizing I had help from the teachers and everything was a big thing going into my sophomore year. And, and would you say that the combination of being in the hospital, working with Matt, um, was that kind of where you started learning to ask for help? Oh yes. Learning that I had 
the people around me, the people that are willing to help me and knowing that I'm not alone was definitely a really big help for me. Okay. Okay. And then you also started lifting weights your freshman year, right? Yes. Or was it end of your freshman year you started lifting weights or? Uh, uh, beginning because I had to do it for football. And then okay. Actually, since I never had football my whole sophomore year, I really don't think I ever lifted. So I definitely was set back a lot in that. Not having football, I never really saw a need for it. So my sophomore year, I really let myself go in that aspect. As, as far as working out wise and just focus on academics and meeting with Matt and things like that. Okay. Yeah. I, never, I just, so, so, so during that time period, when, when would you say, cause at some point there was a shift that happened academically lifting weight wise. When did that really shift to the point where you took that on and brought it, started bringing that to the next level? Probably end of my sophomore year. Cause that summer going into my junior year, I, just, I had to do because uh, um, the coach, because end, end of my sophomore year, I started getting a little bit back into lifting. I started lifting with the superintendent. He got me back into doing that. And that's when he talked to, because that's when we just formed the co-op for our school. We, we co-oped with Jaranic Beck and he talked to the head coach and he's like, hey, if this kid keeps his grades up, I think he'd be a really good part of your team. And I started talking to the head coach and he I told him what happened my freshman year because a whole it was just our pectonic team. I told him how I was made fun of a lot and never really saw a point in playing football. He's like, "Hey, with me around, you won't have that problem. This is a better team." And he kind of got me into that mindset. Well, hey, if what you know, if later if I don't trash right now, later in life, will I just look back and regret not going back out for football if I had the chance? Mm-hmm. So that's when I started realizing I had to really hit hit the books, get better grades, start lifting out. And, you know, being able to show the coach that I can get back to helping the team. Gotcha. Okay. And, and so as you were doing that, what was, uh, what was going into the, so this is now the first year, your junior year was the first year of the DuPac team, right? The yes. Durant Pecatonica co-op team. And what was, what, what seemed to be the same, what seemed to be different when you're now, it's, it's now been, you've been a year off. You haven't had football your sophomore year, but now this is a different team, different coaches. So what was, uh, what was it like going, going, stepping onto the field then? And what, what was similar? What was different? It, it definitely for melt like a, more like a team, um, like feeling not more, because back in the Pagatonica team, it was more of an I person, you know, um, I didn't do it. They did. It was people started taking more accountability. I felt like people were more willing to help their teammates, not put them down, not make them feel lesser than who they are. It felt more together than I think at that school it has ever been. And to me, it ever, it ever felt. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, and, and so as this is going, um, how, how did your junior season go as far as did you get playing time? Did you what, what was your, what was your experience like? I got you know a little bit of playing time because I was trying to reacclimate to yep. being the big guy. They definitely wanted to put me in as soon as possible, so I definitely got more playing time than probably someone who was smaller than me would, just because yeah. of you know how big I was. Um, I was getting a little more playing time, but trying to yeah, trying to redo everything, relearn everything. After taking a year off, it, it, that year was definitely more of uh, me getting back to what I could be. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it sounds like the coaches were definitely working with you more, and and really showing you, showing you technique, showing you the, you know, how to walk through that. So, and do you think some of that had to do with the fact that you were, you were upfront with them about what your previous experience was? Oh yeah, I think. Me telling them that and how I felt, they definitely learned that I might be a little hesitant in things, but they were willing to, you know, take it slow, help me learn pretty much the basics of back to football and, you know, showing that this place is more of a team atmosphere than it was before. Yeah, okay. And then um, and then going into your senior year, what was different in the end of your junior year going into your senior year as far as preparing for football? Well, actually, that junior year was the first time I ever – I um my second semester of my junior year was the first time I ever had A's and B's. So I was really that kind of gave me a little excitement, kind of told me I'm ready for this, and that's when I started to really put in the work in the weight room, get back up to what it could be, 
And we had a we had a we have a really we had a really good team at that time, and we had a lot of promise going into the next season. And I was really thinking, hey, this senior year we can really do something. We can set example for this program. We can start setting this team to a, to a winning standard. It was really good at seeing the potential we had going into there. Gotcha. And and, and then so so you and and you were feeling like you were going to be able to contribute and be part of that, right? So oh yes. Academically, your confidence is now up. You you're starting to see some even more results in the weight room. It sounds like. Um, and then I'm guessing you were probably doing some, you know, the summer, the summer camps and the summer, you know, things like that. Um, and so how, how did the senior year go? Oh, we were able to finish uh, se- seven and three and six and three in the regular season. We were able to make the playoffs. We were able to clinch a playoff spot. Um, we, were, we were able to win our first playoff game as the Dupec program. And it was at home. We were able to um, blow out um, Chicago Harlan. We beat them, I believe, 44 to 14 or 21. We were able to really, you know, kick their butt. That was a really good feeling to be able to win our first playoff game at home. Then our next week was against Byron, and they're a very good team. And it kind of showed us that, you know, we still have some work to do. We did lose to them. It was it was a big beating to us. <laughs> But it, it kind of showed us we have the potential to do stuff. And knowing I was able to help this team end off the season with the playoff win and be able to set this team on a, on a winning, you know, mentality was definitely nice. It, it was definitely an emotional time after that game, realizing what, what just happened in the whole season, all that. Sure. Well, well, the fact that you, you had your play, had a playoff win and, and then you draw the – the state runner-up the year before and the future state runner-up, uh, that's a tough draw in the second round. <laughs> you know, it it uh, definitely is. is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then how, how do you, when you look back on yourself as a player, uh, your senior year comparing to your junior year, how did you, how did you see yourself as, as a senior uh, player, offense and defensively? Definitely I was more helping the younger players seeing people who are probably, you know, probably in the same steps I had my freshman year. Maybe they aren't really, you know, thinking it's a good thing for football. I, I definitely went to help people more, um, you know, help the younger kids, help them get ready and show them that they can do a lot of stuff when they get older and they can do a lot of good for this program. I definitely tried to take a little bit more of a more leadership role than I did before. Sure, sure. Okay. And more playing time your senior year? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and, and so that must have been a good feeling as well. Okay. Having the trust of the coaches to play—that was definitely a really big morale booster for me. Sure. Okay. And then, and then again, having the season, you know, uh, follow through with having six wins in the regular season um, is, is huge. You know, and it's not like and and what what was your conference? Oh, uh, we were in the NUIC. Arguably the toughest small school conference in Illinois. Uh, without a doubt, right? I mean, because almost every year for I don't know how many years that you guys have, you know, throughout the season, you have at least two or three two or three teams that are in the top the, the oh, top yeah. ten throughout the whole for one, season. Yeah, for one A, I think I think I don't know if every year this decade we've had a state winner, but almost this whole decade, almost whole last decade, we had a state winner in one a or two a yeah yeah so it's they've been on a run on a run for a while so to be able to to be six and three in that conference is definitely something to say um especially with it being a young a young co-op team oh yeah so so but so we talked about the other day that everything since getting out of the hospital hasn't always gone super smooth no, there's been a couple other setbacks that you've had during this time period, because I think, you know, for the people who are listening, you know, obviously there were some things that you learned, you, you learned that you, um, to, to, to have a counselor, have someone to go to that, that wasn't family that you could talk to about stuff was key. Oh, yes. Asking for help, put yourself, continue to put yourself out there and, and, and pushing yourself to find out what, you know, if you put the work in, you're going to get 
it's going to come back, you know, um, the benefits are going to come back from that. And so even though that took some time to, to get caught back up and get that momentum going, um, you definitely, uh, you saw, you saw the hard work paying off. It sounds like. Oh yes. Knowing that if I put in the work and you utilizing the tools that people gave me, knowing what I had the potential to do, it was a big, big step up for me from my freshman year before and being able to do better academically, which is a big, which was a big thing for me. Sure. And, and, and so, as we were mentioned, there's other setbacks. What were some of the other setbacks that occurred during this time as well? Um, definitely trying to work on my social ability, not being very social before working with Matt and trying to put myself out there more because I still hated even after I got out of the hospital to try to be more social, to try to talk to more people. That was a, still a major setback that I had to work through and get through after I got out of the hospital. Sure. Okay. And and if you think if you think back to like the difference your you know end of your freshman year, beginning of your sophomore year, compared to now graduating, getting ready to go to college, what if you look back in that younger Kyle, what were some of the what were some of the fears from a social standpoint? What was some of the 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 self-talk that was going on that said uh i don't know i guess even the little things of you know during school raising your hand you know if i raise my hand i'm gonna be you know oh he's he's stupid he he's just doing that because he doesn't know what he's doing just the the very very little things just scared me and that i couldn't even do the couldn't even fathom doing bigger things of of everything else it was the little things were keeping me back from doing bigger things you know, Kyle, that's a, it's an interesting, it's interesting that with what you just said about that whole uh, not wanting to raise your hand because you don't want people to, to then know that you don't know what's going on. Right. And um, it's, it's funny that you bring it up because I remember that. So I, I always thought that I was, you know, cause I was an early, early I, uh, I was, I was the height that I am right now which isn't very tall, five, five, seven, five, eight, right? But I happen to be that in eighth grade, which makes me the one of the taller kids, even yeah. though I probably still wasn't as tall as you, but it was one of the taller kids back then um, in eighth grade. Well, I'm in the back of the football line, you know, in the top row of the, of the, of the pitchers. Well, my, my senior year, because I'm the same height, but everyone else got taller. I'm in the <laughs> – but, but, but I remember – I, I remember not just in not just in grade school and middle school, but high school and college. I remember had this in my mindset. I had this thing where I'm not going to ask questions because I don't want people to know that I don't know. So I would sit and just wait and watch and observe, you know. And it, it's not like I would, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily lie or anything, but I, I would try to observe or try to just figure it out myself. Hope, yeah, hoping someone else would ask that question. And if they didn't, you're like, well, I still know I'm just going to give up at this point. If I don't know it, I don't know. That's the way I thought. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and especially not the, the fear of doing that, especially in front of other people, right, in, in a large crowd, where I would talk myself out of it all the time. You know? And and I and I and I found out later for me that was definitely connected to how I thought specifically men were supposed to be. That as a man, I was supposed to know. As a yes. as a guy, I was somehow supposed to already have these answers. And if I was asking a question, clearly either I wasn't paying attention um, or I wasn't smart enough to get it the first time. Yeah. And um, and so such an interesting time period that you brought that up because I felt the same thing a few years ago when I was young too. <laughs> so, so, but, um, but as I've talked before, that was where I learned through doing men's work, through a counseling process called, called men's work, I learned from other men that it was okay to ask questions. Yes. And, uh, and what's interesting now is my, 
primary re primary way that I get paid uh, professionally is by focusing on how to ask questions. <laughs> so, so interestingly enough that, yeah. you know, the person who refused to ask questions in public now is, you know, not getting paid to ask questions as an adult. So, you know, I wish, yeah. I wish I would have known that when I was 14. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, um, so during that, during that time period, anything, any, you know, uh, how, well, how would your brother doing? How, what was, the, what was going on with your brother as far as the diagnosis goes? After the diagnosis, it was pretty much just a downhill. It, at this point, it, it's just a, it's just, um, it, it can only get worse at this point. There's no improvement is because what was wrong is they found out his, um, it's his cerebellum, the one that does your motor skills and uh-huh. your basic functions. It goes seventy percent dead tissue. So at this point, it's it just only gets worse. We we can't find answers, and that whole time I'm just seeing my brother slowly deteriorate. And it was definitely a thing. Even now, it still keeps me back. You know, always that thought in my head that it only gets worse. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's. It's still a big thing in my life. And and your brother's three years older than you? Yeah, three or four. So he's 21, 22? 23. 23, okay. And so so 23 years old, and he lives with your mom, lives with your dad? Lives with my mom. Lives with your mom. And and you said just from a motor skill standpoint, he's – He's really deteriorated. So is he in a wheelchair or? Uh, no, he's not at that point. Um, he can still walk, but when he walks, it looks like he's absolutely drunk. He, he runs into walls. His, his depth perception and his spatial awareness are not up to what it should be for a normal person. He, if he turns a corner too fast, he'll go into a wall. If he gets up too fast, he might fall over. He really, he trips over anything, even if it's just air. It's, the little things that you think a normal person can do, it's you can barely do. Gotcha. Okay. And and so how how have you uh, also uh, you know your your brother's got you know obviously has continued ongoing health issues and, and deteriorated. Mom and dad are to the, mom and dad got divorced uh, four years ago, right? Two thousand sixteen, seventeen. Uh, t- 2017, yes. 17, so three years ago. And um, so how, how has that worked out for you, is navigating between the two homes and stuff like that? How's that been? The one good thing about that is when they had the divorce, they put into the thought that we're, we're doing this because, you know, why put on this slide? They, they made sure it was a good divorce. They didn't make it an ugly one where they'd argue back and forth. And they said the funny thing happened at the divorce court when they did this is when the judge said, you know, this is one of the easiest divorces I ever had. You guys are so green. You're not arguing. You're not bickering. So knowing that they took into account me and Daniel and knowing that if we just argue, it's going to make it 100% worse. So what's the point of arguing and bickering when we can just get this done, knowing it's the best thing to do instead of keep that lie up? They, they were able to think about us and not just think about themselves. Sure, sure. And you're right. That does you know, all, all parents have the opportunity to do that. Right. Um, but the temptation to, um, to make somebody the villain of the story, uh, yeah. you know, and making someone the bad guy, um, you know, it, it's that temptation is so great that sometimes it's hard for them to resist it, but it sounds like your parents did a great job of not having to have somebody be the bad guy. Yeah. You, you they could easily went for the, uh, it was her fault she did this or he did that. They said, you know, this is for our children. This is the best way to do it. You know, we don't want to make this harder for them than it already is. Right, right. Okay. And so you, so school ends weird, right? Because COVID comes in. And so spring break happens or right around spring break and stuff like that. And, or at least the middle of March and school's done. Right. So what, what was school like? I mean, this is your senior year, you know, all the things that go on your senior year. What, what was that like? It, it was, you know. um, my, uh, my first semester I was able, it was a great year. We had the football and I was able to get a 3.5 that semester, which was, you know, jaw dropping for me to be able to look at that report card 
mm-hmm. and see something above a two Panola, even at a 3.5, it, I probably had the biggest smile on my face seeing that, seeing the potential I had. And then going into that second semester, I was all high hopes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do better. I have the ability to do better. And once I was doing so good and you had this virus, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. Because I'm a big procrastinator. If I don't have someone right next to me telling me what to do, more than likely I'm going to put it off. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was able to, you know, push through everything, be able to get everything as done as quick as possible. The teacher would assign it. I do it. And after the school year ended, I'm, I was really worried to see my grades are like, what's well, it going to go down? Is it going to go up? But they gave out their report cards. And when I opened it, my jaw dropped. I saw a 4.0 for my second semester. And it, 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 I was elated. I was happy knowing that I was able to get a 4.0 in my last semester of high school. It probably to me was one of the best moments in my life being able to see that seeing what I was able the hard work, the using the tools I was given, all that stuff to be able to do that, I I was very happy. I, no kidding. And and you went from the end of your freshman year being in this dark, dark place. I think you said that your GPA end of your freshman second semester was under a under um uh, a 1.0, right? Of like yes. a point point nine Zero, point yeah point nine. 0.9. And then your last semester, your senior year is a 4.0. Yep. Well, overall, it was a 2.3, but just sure. those little, yeah, but just those little semesters it gradually going up yep. is definitely a very big thing for me. Yeah. Just comparing the last semester of your senior year compared to the last semester of your freshman year, it was that much of a jump. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, so obviously now there's a level of belief right that you are gonna that you have the capabilities if you put put the effort in don't procrastinate do it do it when it's assigned right that's that's part of that formula um and and so when you were thinking about going away to school um or that next step you know college and stuff like that what 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 were some of the thoughts that you had regarding football regarding academic regarding what you want to do um in my sophomore year when i realized i had to give myself like like my stuff together, I'm like, college is not going to be an option. I probably won't be able to get a high enough GPA to get even looked at or even thought of being accepted. So I tried my hardest. And after ending with a 2.3 cumulative, uh, I believe it was my, it was in the end of football, my senior year, um, actually Rockford University, they came to our school. They, they talked to me and a couple of my friends who play football and I asked them, I, have I probably will get best 2.3 2.5 will that be good enough and they said hey we'll look at it we'll see and ever since then I've been, I was talking to them and they were able to in the head coach coach Zimmerman he was able to you know really do what he can he was able to you know get me looked at because he said at first they weren't even going to look at me because of what my GPA was but he was able to you know stick his neck out and show that I can put the work in I can do that being able to get accepted at, at a college and you know I never even thought I was going to make it to college it was definitely very big for me nice well congratulations and that is where you're going to go next year right you're going to go yes. to Rock, Rockford University and you're going to be playing football for them yes nice and and you and you just said you just recently got the workout program and you started doing the weight program and stuff like that yes Nice. And, um, and then what, what are you thinking? I know it's early on and there's a, you know, lot, you know, four years to go, you know, but you know, in the next couple of years, you'll have to pick a major. What are you thinking right now that you may want to major in? Well, I, I have picked a major. My major will be psychology. I want to become a clinical therapist, do what Matt does, being able to help the people that have gone through it. I that are going through what I have went through and to show them that, you know, I've gone through you've been, you know, there is a light on the other side of the tunnel just to be able to be that little, you know, light of hope in someone's life is what I want to do. It's what I've wanted to do since I've gotten out of the hospital and seeing what people, how the people have helped me. It's something I want to do. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, it, it, I, 
I am grateful to hear, right, and uh, that that you want to take your experience and share it with other people, and and then and then continue your learning so that you can even learn how to even besides your story, but then learn uh, strategies and techniques about how to help people when they struggle with whatever it may be, you know, trauma or, or depression, anxiety, whatever whatever it may be. So um, it's it's. For me, uh, it has been one of the uh, you know, the choice that I made 30 years ago to major in psych, or actually 30 years ago, I graduated with a degree in psychology from Illinois State. Um, and uh, so, but 34 years ago, when I made that decision to, to do that, um, it's definitely led to uh, a career and a life that I can't imagine doing anything different than that. So, uh, so welcome into the fold. <laughs> so, uh, the 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 journey of learning uh, about ourselves and our you know how our own thinking is, and then doing exactly what you've done in the last you know few years of implementing certain strategies that you've either learned from Matt or learned from coaches of how to improve yourself. That is key to give you insight of how you're gonna at some point in the future be helping others. Um, it, it's, it's, the concepts in the books are great and they're great yeah. for passing tests and writing papers, but when we can apply those concepts and theories into our own life and then we see them work, um, that's, then all of a sudden you're gonna be able to see opportunities to help other people. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what it's kind of like what happened with you helping out the younger ones uh, your senior year with football because other people showed you how to do certain things and you could show them. Yeah. No, they're not the only one that there's people that are willing to help them. Yeah. And and you know how intimidating it was being a freshman and having having you know, a senior, and especially a senior who's getting a lot of playing time and is a big guy, you know, that's even, even more so, you know, um, oh, yeah. so that's a, that's a big, it's a big deal. So, um, so as, as we're kind of just wrapping up, you, you know, Kyle, what would you, if there was anything in particular that you would want people to know about your own journey um, or, or, you know, anything about your own journey, about what you've learned along the way of this piece that you'd want to share with them? What would you want to share with them? Uh, definitely to realize that there, how I realized that there are people around there willing to help you and that if you utilize the people around you and what they're willing to do, that your life is a lot easier. If you just think it's all yourself, if I have to do all myself, it, it, you're you can accomplish that, that doing a lot of stuff doing that, but you can't reach your full potential until realizing that there are people around you that can make your life easier, that can help you get to where you want to be even quicker than you think you can yourself. Yeah. Perfectly said, Kyle. You know, we all need um, help you know, from other people. Um, it's our responsibility to let other people know where we're at and what, you know, what's going on. And it's our responsibility to, to be open uh, and, and not only open to letting people know, but open to feedback. But then we still oh, got to yeah. do, we still got to do the work, right? We still got to, oh, yeah. we still got to do it, you know? So, uh, but that's, it's absolutely perfect. You know, as I'm thinking, as we wrapping up, you know, you know, just the other day we talked to, we talked to the first time on the phone, you know, on the phone and this, uh, gentle giant who we probably could have said that maybe at one time and maybe even still is a little bit shy uh, that the fact that you were willing to come on here and share your story um, that takes huge amounts of courage my friend and um, and and so I, I give you a ton of credit for for uh, changing uh, your own stars and and being able to do the hard work and and like you said asking for the help but then doing the hard work of, okay. of of implementing those tools and then just even coming on this type of platform and talking about it and because uh, uh, this, this is something i never thought i'd do that freshman year if i was told to do this you know you know doing this i probably never would have done it but realizing how far i've come to be able to do that is something that i'm proud of yeah, definitely. It, it probably doesn't match up to opening up that envelope and seeing that 4.0 or, or getting, getting seven wins in your senior football season, but it, it definitely got to be somewhere in the top, well, 10 or 25, right? So, <laughs> so, 
so, so Kyle, I, um, Caleb and I will have to come to a, a Rockford University game this year. As I mentioned, Caleb played, played football for Coach Zimmerman uh, a few years ago. So we'll have to, we'll have to come, come down and, and watch you guys uh, play football. It's an excuse for us to come back to, uh, to RU and come back on the, on, on the region's football, football field. So, so I appreciate you, you, you know, coming on the show and sharing your story and then, but most importantly, sharing what you've learned along your journey. All right. Thank you. All right. You have a great, great freshman year in college. All right. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye.